Welcome to Lillipod episode 94. Now thank we all our God. Jeff and Kathy Teichert, bringing you another episode of LilyPod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Welcome, LilyPod listeners, to another episode of LilyPod. We have kind of a unique topic tonight. We're going to talk about a favorite Thanksgiving hymn in our hymn book, Now Thank We All Our God. And before we do that, I'd just like to throw out there that it is All Saints Day, the day we release this podcast, November 1st. Yep. So welcome to the month of giving thanks. Right. From 1618 to 1648, uh, there was something in Europe called the Thirty Years' War, and it was very destructive. And literally, the war lasted 30 years. Uh, And that was, you know, approximately 400 years ago. At that time, there was a pastor in the city of Eilenburg, Germany, named Martin Rinkhart. Uh, he wrote the hymn, Now Thank We All Our God, in 1636. Um, he was the son of a poor coppersmith uh, in Saxony. He eventually became a very educated person and, as I said, was a Lutheran pastor. Um, and Eilenberg, during the, the war, was subject to a blockade. Uh, and the, the Swedish army was surrounding it and keeping any relief from coming in or out, any food, water, you know, anything like that. And so people were dying in, in droves. Um, it, it claimed the vast majority of the members of the, of the city and of the, uh, even the town council. And at one point, Pastor Rinkhart was the last, the last Christian minister left alive in the city. And he was doing as many as uh, 40 to 50 funerals per day. So that's like two per hour, even if he never slept. So just crazy. He did a total of 4,480 funerals. Through it all, he miraculously uh, remained healthy. Um, but the, things got so bad that the that Pastor Rinkhart went out and talked to the commanding general of the Swedish army and uh, pled for mercy. And he fell to his knees, you know, begging the the general to to allow some relief in the general was so impressed with his courage 
that he allowed some relief into the city and the, the loss and suffering, uh, you know, it got a little bit better. Uh, in in uh, 1636, so maybe 12 years before the end of the war, Pastor Rinkhart, uh, the city was liberated, and Pastor Rinkhart wrote a song for the celebration that followed, and the name of that song was, Now Thank We All Our God. And I want to read to read you the second verse of that song. O may this bounteous God through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us and keep us in his grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all ills in this world and the next. That's a little variation from how it is in our hymn book. Yeah, Kath, actually, it says, Kathy, you can read it. Read it from our hymn book as well. All the words were the same, but instead of "guide us when perplexed," it's "guide us day and night." Right. That was the change. You know, I just barely looked this up in the hymn book while Jeff was explaining the history of this hymn, and it's quite a remarkable history. Yes. You know. It's kind of crazy. It's not exact, but it's almost the number of our episode. So the number of this episode is 94 and the hymn is 95. Yeah. So uh, if you want to look it up or maybe start singing it this month in the month of thank giving thanks, we um, it's easy to find in the hymn book on 95. Yeah. And listen to it on Google or something. It's It's a beautiful hymn. Uh, both musically and uh, and the lyrics. Well, there's um, only two verses in here. Right. Uh, the, it has a bunch of verses in the traditional Christian hymn. <laughs> but I want to point out a couple of things in verse 2, which we just read. Um, it says, Oh, may this bounteous God through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts. And I wonder, I, I just marvel at that phrase, with ever joyful hearts, after they've gone through 20 years of war and deprivation and, and really serious problems, that they would proclaim themselves as having ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us. And I think it was a tremendous testimony of Pastor Rinkhart's faith that he could write a hymn of thanks, uh, you know, in the face of such horrible, hellish circumstances. Well, and when I've been, as I've been pondering, blessed peace to cheer us, that just sounds like we're just living in utopia. <laughs> them dancing through the tulips. <laughs> but blessed peace to cheer us in those kind of circumstances where you're doing a funeral every hour you're awake for years. Right. I mean, blessed peace to cheer us. How did he even think of that? Yeah, I mean, well, and, and I think some peace had been brought to his town, but of course the, the crisis wasn't over yet. And, uh, and I think it's, you know, he must have had tremendous faith 
to be able to write an uplifting hymn of thanks like that well, uh, in the face of what he had been through. I mean, in fact, I will say also that one of those 4,000 plus funerals that he officiated at was for his own wife. Oh, wow. I guess I was just thinking that you don't need cheering if you're living in utopia and dancing through the tulips, which was what I envisioned when I heard that part, you know, blessed peace to cheer us. Um, and joyful hearts. I guess we don't really need that if life is just hunky-dory and everything is good. Right. And I mean, I think he recognizes implicitly in talking about or writing about ever joyful hearts that our happiness, our joy really is inside us. It is something we carry with us. It's, it is uh, something we have uh, always. And so if we're miserable, we can be miserable in the best of circumstances. If we uh, are happy, we can be happy uh, in the miserable circumstances. Well, and peace to cheer us would indicate that peace brings good cheer. In fact, we were talking the other day about how the gospel really is good news. It's the good news of our Savior that he came and he died for us to be able to repent and to heal from tragic loss, from horrific experience. Right. And that kind of peace, it goes beyond our comprehension. It goes beyond human understanding. And that cheering, it might not you know, mean that we're always cheerful but when that peace comes we are cheered up from the depths of sorrow that we feel i think uh this you know i'd like to read verse one of this hymn because there's some interesting things in this as well now thank we all our god with hearts and hands and voices if you think about that we feel with our hearts we work with our hands and we proclaim with our voices, right? So it's the, the three elements of, of life. Watch your thoughts, words, and deeds is another uh, way to say that from the Book of Mormon. Because that contributes to the hearts we carry and ultimately the actions we take with our hands and our, our voice. Right. So now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices who wondrous things have has done in whom this world rejoices, who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. So he's saying that in all moments, since we were in our mother's arms, we were blessed. Even if we were in a city that was quarantined and blocked off and denied relief and people were starving and dying. It's, uh, like I said, I think it's quite a testimony to his faith. The last verse, all praise and thanks to God, the Father now be given. The Son and Spirit blessed who reign in highest heaven, the one eternal God, whom earth and heaven adore, for thus it was, is now, and shall be evermore.
Hmm. Past, present, future. Right. That's beautiful. Why did we take that up? I don't know. I mean, I know that word economy was something the the people who crafted the hymn book had to think about. Oh, that's silly. It's across the page from the exact same structure that has three. It totally could have three. Easily. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, no, I love that verse. I love them all, actually. And there's a lot of depth in those words. Obviously, there's a lot of history in the mind and heart of the person who wrote them. Yeah, very much so. So I, you know, I've kind of looked at Pastor Rinkhard ever since I came across the history of this hymn and thought, you know, he's not famous in history. I mean, people still talk about him now in certain circles, but it's not, you know, he, he, he never got famous uh, in, in a worldly sense, but nonetheless, I think we can look upon him as a hero, as someone who ministered to a population that was in constant distress for a long time and uh, tried to bring comfort to them and hope amidst an unfathomable kind of situation of suffering and pain. Yes. And, you know, I was just, I was just contemplating what our listeners might be going through that might feel like a similar hell to what he did and what we might all do to increase our own faith and willingness to be grateful for what we do have. And I, I know that when I went through my divorce, one of the best things I did during that time, and it was really, really hard because I did, I could not think of a dang thing to be grateful for, even though I knew in my head, I could be grateful for my children, of course, and for a home and shelter and all that. But I was just hurting so, so much. I just, I didn't know how to really grasp that. So what I started doing is I, I started thinking 10 of 10 things every day to be grateful for. And at first it was not only difficult, but maybe even seemed a little trite. Right. But the practice of that did cheer me. I wouldn't say I became cheerful. I think that that took a lot longer, but it did cheer me and lift and elevate the vibration of my energy, which was very low. Right. I think ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us is really something to aspire to, to, you know, to desire. And, and I think part of the, of the pursuit of that is recognizing the blessings we do have. Uh, it, it is a matter of, seeing the the silver lining in that black cloud as, as you will it's it's the idea that if i focus on what is good if i focus on the little piece that i have that will grow and i may have an ever joyful heart even in the midst of 
gut-wrenching, difficult situations. And mainly because of this idea that we can recognize what we do have and to be grateful to God for every little gift he bestows on us beyond that pain that seems ever present and it seems like all we can think about, but we can put that aside for a moment and really practice gratitude. And when we practice gratitude, it becomes easier over time to start thinking differently. In fact, I believe it can actually change the neural pathways in our brain to start noticing what is right. Because really, as humans, we're naturally programmed to see what is wrong. Because like, you know, in primitive times, if there was fire or some kind of natural disaster, we need to, to go into fight or flight mode. And now we call it anxiety and we do it in our own minds. And it's almost all made up in right. our heads. And when we can practice gratitude, we counter some of that primitive brain. Right. You know, we thought maybe it would be interesting to consider writing our own hymn of thanks. What meaningful things could we say about our most difficult life experience that also combines gratitude for God and his goodness? Right. What gratitude statements that you could make honestly will give you hope that uh, the trials that you're experiencing are temporary and your happiness is eternal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing that, and this is a tradition that my kids and I have had for a lot of years, we have this orange folder and it's our it's our family's gratitude folder. And all month of November, we write down one thing we're grateful for every day. And it's really fun to see from year to year how our lists change, mm -hmm. how our lists change. Uh, I know one year it might be that they were grateful for Pokemon. And the next year they might be more grateful for some other <laughs> fun toy or gadget or um, fun thing to do. Right. And even mine has morphed through the years, even though I'm older and I think a lot of what I'm grateful for is pretty solid. I think the way I express it changes each year. And it's really fun to have that at, not only as a tradition we do as a family and a, and a good habit, but also that treasure that we have in our own insight and looking back at these, you know, single pieces of paper just lined one through I think 30, you know, for the whole month of November with something we're profoundly grateful for. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's important to focus on being grateful, not just because of good manners or because, you know, we need to acknowledge God's hand in things, which that's all true, but it's also the key to happiness we can only enjoy anything as much as we appreciate it. Let's suppose I have a really great wife, which I do, but let's suppose that I thought that, that I always was looking for what she did wrong or, you know, that I wasn't focused on the blessing that she is to me. I was focused on the negative. 
Am I There's going to negative, Jeff? <laughs> am I going to enjoy? Just We're human, right? Right. Am I going to enjoy that relationship if that is the way I choose to interpret it and understand it? No, it's going to to steal my joy. Um, whereas if I look for what is good and I celebrate that, that's going to be naturally uplifting. It's going, you know, I'm going to enjoy my relationship more because. I appreciate it. I see the good, the goodness that it brings into my life. Absolutely. And it, you know, there's nothing I don't think that ener- like energizes our, uh, you know, we have this energetic state we walk around with and we're low in vibration when we have fear, when we have envy, when we have hate and anger. I mean, when you think of all of the conversations that are being had on social media that get really heated and it just almost sucks the life out of you, like the life force is gone and it upsets everyone. Well, there's almost nothing that brings all of those low vibrational emotions up to a very high vibrational state like gratitude. Right. It really shifts things around very, very quickly. Right. And I think Pastor Rinkhart kind of understood that, uh, maybe based on his knowledge of the scriptures, maybe his experiences with, with spiritual things. But for some reason, he understood, I think, that focusing on gratitude would improve uh, our, our level of happiness, even in the most dire circumstances. Yep. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have already figured this out, but it's this exciting time of year, November 1st, moving into the month of giving thanks and the month of Thanksgiving. Um, it's this opportunity, this time in which we can really practice gratitude. And of course, we want to take that into the entire year and not just this month, but this month is our renewed effort, I think. Right. And um, so we encourage everyone to be very intentional. And so that comes back to that word intention. Um, to be, to set the intention of practicing gratitude and we'll all do it together. And it's going to be the focus of all of our videos and podcasts this month in one way or another. The video that is associated with this um, podcast in our le- weekly Lily Letter is um, being grateful for our bodies. And, uh, that we, uh, we had a lot to say about that when we did, when we filmed that in the studio and you can catch that on Lily tube. Um, so that is a great place to start with practicing gratitude is for our own physical bodies, which are really quite a miracle. And yet we, I think we've been trained through society to be very critical. And by critical, of course, Kathy's talking about critical of our own appearance and our bodies and, you know, f- always focusing on what we think are the flaws. Is that right, Kathy? Well, not only that, but also maybe illness or injury that befalls us or, you know, when we have pains and aches or when maybe in in ways that we don't feel sexually appealing or that we think we need to lose weight. I mean, just all of those things that I think as a society, we tend to encourage critical thinking of our bodies and 
so I think in order to counter that, we want to be very intentional about being grateful for them and recognizing what is going right, just like what we talked about with our lives. Right. So anyway, check that out on Lily Tube, our YouTube channel, and um, practice giving thanks with us for our lives, for our bodies, for all the things we're going to talk about this month. It's really exciting. I really love this subject and I think it's going to be very uplifting and cheering to our souls. Right. So what's something that you're grateful for and why are you grateful for it? Think about it, ponder it, and you'll find that as you dwell on the things you're thankful for, your enjoyment of them will increase. And I think that's a very hopeful idea. And remember that anytime is a great time for more love in your life, especially at Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for listening to LilyPod. Subscribe to LilyPod and get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, give us a positive review. We want to reach as many mid-singles and later married couples as possible, so please share this podcast with those you love. To access fabulous free content like written articles and YouTube videos on LilyDube, and to learn about our book Intentional Courtship and Lily Coaching Services, visit loveinlateryears.com. <laughs>